Cortez. The high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy second hour and happy Wednesday. You've made it halfway through the week. 501, you've made it halfway through the show. We're in the second hour now. Eric Franson joins me now, and I'm Ajay Salison. Grateful to have you What's all. What's up, Ajay? Wherever and however you are joining us. What's going down? Appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Remember, you can stream us online at 1069thefan.com. Find us on all podcast platforms, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Just type in the full court press. Eric, say my name. You'll find us there. If you want to tweet at us, it's at Franson. It's at Ajay Salvi. Uh, find us uh, on Twitter and uh, share with us your opinions, your thoughts, your reactions, your disagreements. I'm glad you dressed nicely today for picture day. I can't believe it's good. What did you just say? I mean, I'm not, I can't even talk to you right now. I'm stunned. What? You and I, I said hello. Chat. Oh, yeah, that's what you think you said. All right, enough of Eric Franson and me bantering and bickering. Uh, now joining us on the show, the Utah State Aggie men's basketball season is coming up shortly. Their exhibition, October 30th. Uh, at home at the Spectrum. Again, get your tickets on utahstateaggies.com or go to the ticket offices and pick those up. Joining us now, we're grateful to have him. It's the assistant coach of the USU men's basketball team, Coach Eric Peterson. Coach, thanks for your time. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, coach, let's start here. Just, I mean, in the early look that you guys have had with these kids, how are things going so far? How does the team look? Yeah, things are going great. Um, obviously, it's nice having a bunch of returners. You know, we lost two guys off last year's team with Quinn Taylor and Dwayne Brown. So um, if you would have watched us a year ago, and maybe you did, we were still throwing the ball in the, the third row of the bleachers and not making too many shots. So I would say our progress in a year has been tremendous. And, um, you know, I just think we're further along in practice uh, compared to last year because we have so many returners. So um, it's great. And just, you know, obviously working to try to get the big fella healthy and hopefully he can join us soon. But I guess right now we're operating like, hey, there's a good chance he might not be with us. So we're just kind of moving on. And um, if he's with us, it's kind of an added bonus. So, Coach, besides the, um, the, the, the returning players that you have coming back for this season, this is a returning year for this coaching staff. Last year it was not only trying to figure out, you know, how to install a new system because everything was new for a lot of these guys. But you also have the advantage of you know, these these players that are coming back. But as you ever approach this as a coaching staff, how much is it different this year for you guys approaching this new season? Where you've got a full now you had a full year under your belt. Yeah, that's a good question. I just think as far as a coaching staff, um, not necessarily coaching them harder, but just maybe putting more advanced stuff in earlier in the season, if that makes sense. Because we have so many returners, they know our stuff. We have a lot of high IQ players in our program. So, you know, something we might have put in last February, uh, we might be putting it in here in a week. Um, so it's just you can put more stuff in. Um, guys pick it up quicker. And um, I think the new guys uh, will pick it up quicker because we have some returners that are there, not only us coaching them up, but our returners like Sam and Abel and Diogo just talking to those guys and helping them through it. So, um, I just like I said, I just think you can put more advanced things in early and work on some new stuff or try some new stuff out. So it's been good that way. Tell us about the new guys who has stood out to you so far. Yeah, we, you know, the, the awesome part about this year is I think we have way more depth at every position. Um, you know, if you look at the point guard position, obviously, you know, Sam and Diogo may play some point as well, but uh, Sean Barristow, I think can play the one through three 
uh, maybe even a little bit of four, but he's from Australia. He's about six eight, super long, and just really knows how to play. Um, Sean's done a really good job in the preseason. He's worked hard. Uh, he's coming in and getting extra shots up. So um, he's looked really good. Um, if you look at kind of the other guard spots, um, Liam McChesney is a six ten. I don't know, he's kind of like a two through four. Um, he just turned 18 last week. So um, there's kind of a learning curve with Liam. He's super talented, really shoots the ball, uh, but is still really young. Um, if you look at kind of our uh, post players, Alfonso Anderson the last two weeks has done an amazing job. Just It's kind of starting to click for him a little bit offensively. Uh, still needs to get a little bit better defensively, but he's made a lot of shots from the perimeter and just getting a better feel with some of our top players. And then uh, in the post, uh, you know, a couple surprises. Um, we got a, a kid back from a mission named Trevin Dorius, um, seven feet tall. He's about 250. Um, it has been a, a pleasant surprise, just works his tail off. Um, and then Kuba Karvalski is a junior college transfer from um, North Platte Community College. He's a Polish kid, and he's a legit 7'2", um, and just really – does a good job just defending the paint. He's really good in screen and roll, and he dunks everything by the rim. So um, it's been fun to kind of incorporate some of those guys um, in with our new players. And then, you know, we had a couple guys hurt last year with um, Clay uh, Stahl and then Roche. And Clay's probably had, you know, he was hurt basically since we got here until, you know, last spring a little bit. He was maybe 80%. But I would say he's, he's shown a ton of growth. Um, in the last couple of weeks. So, um, I don't know. We, we got a lot of new guys, but we have a, a really good core coming back as well. So, it's kind of exciting to mix those guys in. Well, and the, as you've detailed, a lot of this new new players that are here or at least new available to you because maybe they were there, but they couldn't play because of injury. A lot of it is is height. So, a lot of size for this team this year. And it, it, I guess that I would assume you would, and part of your scheming and, and planning, it would be to take advantage of some of that height. Uh, is that fair to say? Even if Nimi uh, is in the mix or not, it seems like you guys have a lot of height that you can use at your advantage with how you uh, draw up some of the, your your defensive and offensive schemes. Yeah, and somebody told me, I don't know if this is true, but they said we were, if it was last year with our team this season, we would have been the second biggest team in the country as far as height. Um, one of the things that our height and length kind of does is it just really shrinks the floor where, um, you know, the, it looks a lot smaller to the defense. And I don't know how much different stuff we'll do defensively. I mean, we, we were a top five. I think we were fourth in the country last year in two-point defensive field goal percentage. Uh, we were one of the best rebounding teams in the country. So I don't know how much we're going to change just because we were successful with it last year. Um, but I think it just helps us. Like, even in the first couple practices – uh, we were turning the ball over a little bit. That's very unlike us, but it, it had a lot to do with our length too. So, um, you know, obviously being a top five team in the country, you, you kind of got to take that next step too and, and use our length to um, just keep people out of the paint and play percentages. So, again, I'm not sure how much we're going to change, but um, I do expect us to be very good defensively again this year and hopefully better. And with some of that length or some of that size that you have are these guys are they primarily just post guys or are some of them versatile where they can play out a little bit yeah so if, if you're talking about just our centers um you know we did a lot of stuff with quinn last year and Nimi where they would catch the ball on the perimeter and kind of trigger our offense and 
Um, I do think we have a few guys that can do that. Uh, but, you know, if you look at our length across the board, I mean, Sean Barristow is going to play point guard a little bit, and he's 6'8". And Liam McChesney's 6'10". And, um, you know, Brock's six, a legit 6'5". You know, Sam's a big kid. Yogo's super long. Justin Bean's a, uh, a player that may be the most improved on our roster from when we got here last year. And Justin's a legit 6'7 and long. So it's kind of across the board. I, I got to ask you, when you say those numbers, you know, they're high. I mean, for as a coaching staff, are the wheels just spinning in your head of what you guys can do offensively with this team and more so even defensively? Yeah, and height always doesn't translate to being really good offensively. I think it makes you maybe a little bit better defensively if you can get them to buy in. But offensively, you know, our, our goal has always been to recruit kids that have a high IQ, that know how to play, and that are unselfish. Um, I think we were at least top 10 in the country in assists last year, um, if not top 20. And we always say if you take out maybe the first 10 games, we're still learning to play with each other, um, just having new guys. Um, you know, we might have been a top five or, you know, maybe top three team in the country as far as sharing the ball. Um, so that's probably more of our focus is just getting guys that really know how to play, that are unselfish, that can play together. And, you know, one of the biggest parts about college basketball is players understanding their role as well. And um, I think that was a huge reason why we were so successful last year as guys bought into their role and, and understood that and accepted it as well. So, um, but definitely that'll help. Uh, we were a good offensive rebounding team. So, you know, with our length, uh, I think we can be a good offensive rebounding team again. When I asked Coach Craig Smith this question, he said I ruined his day, jokingly, but I think he was half serious too. Uh, I asked him about the scheduling and uh, how difficult it is. He said you were a big part of putting the schedule together. You did a tremendous job. Can you tell us what it was like for you to put this together? I mean, you're going to Jamaica, you're going to Florida, you'll be in Houston, you'll be back in Salt Lake. What was that process like for you to have to put the schedule together? And how many quality teams said no to you guys? <laughs> well, I can tell you to start, we, we probably reached out to almost every single team in the country to play us. And when you're when you finish as 25th in the country to end the year last year and you lose two players, uh, one major player, there's a lot of teams that do their research and definitely don't want to play you. Um, it was, it was a bear. It was hard to, to put this together. Um, you know, we did have some built in games from the previous years that were part of contracts, you know, like, uh, the beehive with BYU, who will be a very good team. And we had Weber on the schedule, Montana state on the schedule. Um, but we just we always want to play the best teams we can, and when you have a very good team coming back, you have to um, either go on the road or play some neutral games against really quality opponents to show the committee that um, you you are a legit team and you are deserving of the NCAA tournament. And there's there's a new formula, you know, with the net versus it used to be the RPI and kind of how they they look at um, your resume um, if you if you don't get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. And uh, we look at that a lot, and we want to play good teams with a high, I guess however you look at it, a low net, so a low number. Um, so a lot of the times if you play those teams and you do happen to lose, it doesn't hurt you a ton. Uh, where if you play a 300 net team and win, you might go the other way in the net because you're not playing a very good team, if that makes sense. So the better the better games we could get, we knew it was going to help us, and the Jamaica Classic is a big one. Um, you get LSU on a neutral floor, North Texas, which is a program trending the right way. 
Um, an underrated game that's at the spectrum is UTSA. Um, they should be a top two team in their, their conference. Um, and they have two of the most dynamic guards in the country that are playing together, uh, both getting NBA looks. So that's November 18th at home. Um, we play St. Mary's on our, on the road, um, right after Thanksgiving. And that's, that's a game where we just, we wanted to start something again where we had kind of a, a rivalry. And I know that used to be, uh, with St. Mary's and we kind of went away from that, but we'll get them back at home next year. Um, and then you get South Florida on a neutral floor in Houston at the Rockets Arena, which South Florida was picked in some polls as a top 30 team, others as like a top 40 team in the country. Um, I think they won. It was either the CIT or the CBI last year. Um, so a really quality opponent. And then obviously after that, you get Florida, who a lot of people have as a top five team in the country. So um, I think we'll get tested early on and we'll play some good teams. And um, typically when you have a good team like that, you help yourself more by playing those teams versus, you know, playing a weaker schedule. You know, we're talking to Eric Peterson. He is an assistant coach for Utah State men's basketball team. They have their Aggie Madness tomorrow night. It starts at 8.30 in the Wayne Estes Center. And uh, what, besides scheduling, I know when you look at a coaching staff, different coaches have different roles. One is focused on the offense. One's focused on the defense. Uh, They have different roles and responsibilities. Do you have a role outside of, that you're responsible for when it comes to what happens during the regular season outside of scheduling? Yeah, I mean, during the year, um, Coach Smith kind of breaks it down where Coach Hanson kind of coaches the ones and twos. Coach Raglan mainly um, coaches the threes and fours, does some other guard stuff as well. Um, I work with the bigs on a daily basis, and that's in practice. That's cutting film, having them come watch it, come watch film in the office um, during the day. Um, you know, and then during the season, um, it's, it's a lot of scouting reports and game planning. We don't break things down specifically where – you know, one coach has offense, one coach has defense. We kind of coach everything. And then when we do scouts, um, we just kind of get with Coach Smith. And um, I would say the assistants do a lot of, you know, the paperwork, putting scouting reports together, putting the film together. You meet with Coach Smith. We get a game plan um, on, on how we think we can, um, you know, take advantage of certain teams. And we kind of just roll with it. So, um you know, during the season, it's hectic. It's a lot of working out your players. It's watching film to make them better, which is really underrated. Not enough staffs probably do that. And then just doing scouting reports and making sure our guys understand that. And our guys have done a tremendous job. Um, if you watch us play defensively, we, we do different things every single game. So like we talked about before, having high IQ players, you need high IQ guys that can understand a scouting report. And, you know, one guy, you might go underneath the ball screen. The other guy, you might go over and the big might be a little bit more aggressive, and um, we expect a ton out of our guys with scouting reports, and I would say we're one of the most detailed teams probably in the country as far as how we do our scouts. So um, that takes up a majority of the time. And then, obviously, you got to recruit a little bit too. If you don't recruit every day, your program's probably going the wrong way. So I would say those are my main roles during the season. Uh, busy that, enough. That, that's a light schedule. <laughs> that's not a big yeah, deal. You can add a few more things, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's other duties assigned too, but – uh, those are the main ones. Yeah, I'm sure someone needs to change light bulbs and take out the trash. And <laughs> uh, let me ask you about, uh, you talk about recruiting or at least adding to your roster. Marco Anthony caught a lot of people's attention. He was part of the national champion Virginia Cavaliers, decides to come and transfer to Utah State. What has it been like having him on your roster? What does he bring? What does he add? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, Marco played at a high level the last couple of years playing for Virginia and played for a really good coach. 
Um, one of the first things that we kind of had to get Marco going with is, you know, Virginia does play a little bit slow, and we're not the slowest team in the country. We want to push the ball. And uh, Marco, and like a lot of the guys, especially guards we recruit, I don't know if we recruit certain positions, but we just recruit all-around players. So obviously Abel's our point guard, but Sam can play the point. Diogo can play the point. Sean Barristow can play the point. So Marco is one of those guys I think could play the one through four. So he's, he's really versatile. Um, if you looked at him, his body is tremendous. I mean, he looks like he should be a football player, but moves like a basketball player. Um, I would say that the best thing right now that he's bringing to practice is he's guarding Sam Merrill every single day. And I think that has definitely made Sam better. Um, Marco still has, you know, ways to go as far as learning our system, but he's very talented. He comes from a, a winning culture and he's been a tremendous leader for us already. Very vocal during practice and, um, just can do a lot of things for me coach uh this look I've, I've been around aggie basketball for quite some time but i've never seen the hype of a basketball team i i i cannot remember when honestly and and this hype for this team top 25 preseason rankings preseason player of the year awards and and everything coming out like crazy how do you as a coaching staff handle that with these players who may not be used to it yeah, we, I mean, we don't talk about it a ton, to be honest with you. Um, we're very focused on just getting better every single day. I know that's maybe a cliche answer, but, um, you know, I, I think we have some very mature guys in our program where, you know, Abel's mature, Sam is very mature, Diogo, same deal. Uh, Namish is, is a sophomore now, but he's a very mature kid. And you, you look at last year, and there, there was a lot of pressure. There were, you know, towards the end of the year, we felt like almost every single game was a game to get us to the NCAA tournament. So it was like, hey, we, we beat this team. Now we have to win this next game to get in. So there was quite a bit of pressure on us and maybe some, some expectations at that point. But um, honestly, I think our culture just kind of takes care of itself, and we just press forward to try to get just better every single day. We, we know we're not as good as we can be, and we need to get a lot better to get where we want to go. I mean, we made the NCAA tournament but we didn't win that first game and, and our guys are hungry for it. So um, that's great. Those guys deserve all those accomplishments um, in the preseason rankings and, and, and whatnot. But we know there's, there's a bigger task at hand and, and we're ready for it. Do you guys have a starting lineup projected for October 30th? Or are you still working through that? <laughs> I can't, I can't share all our secrets. With no, you. no. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't need you to Xerox me a game plan, but just, I mean, I guess in general speaking, do you guys feel like you kind of have an idea of what your lineup wants to look like, or are you guys still uh, tweaking it's still some evolving. things? Still evolving, yeah. You know, it, that's a good question. We we really haven't. I wouldn't say we've put you know guys that we think are going to start together. We've kind of mixed everything up at practice just to make it really competitive. Um, you know, we have the returning Mountain West Player of the Year, so you can probably guess that Sam would start. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't. But after that. I mean, you just try to make it really, really competitive because if you pull those guys aside right away and maybe some guys just get the feeling like, hey, like I, I can't earn it, you know what I mean, where if, if it's balanced and it's equal, every guy's got a fighting chance right now and we're going to put um, the best guys that play together the best on the floor to start the season. So, um, you know, we still don't know Namiya's status. Um, you know, Justin Bean didn't start last year. We, Alfonso has looked really good in, in the preseason. Um, you know, Abel obviously looked really good. And then Brock and Diogo, um, 
are playing like veterans and, and they are. So it's going to be tough at that point, but um, we still got a couple more weeks to figure that thing out. So I don't have an exact answer for you guys. No, you know, <laughs> I didn't expect. Well, it, yeah, you, you're in an enviable position, a tough position with that much talent coming back, but also some newcomers to try to figure out. Um, lastly, for me, just what if I go Thursday night? Well, when we go Thursday night, not if when we go Thursday night <laughs> to the Wayne Estes Center, what uh, what will you guys be doing? You're going to run a scrimmage. Uh, I understand there's going to be a slam dunk contest. I mean, what are some of the things that you guys hope to put on display for Aggie fans? to see this new-look basketball team? Yeah, typically, you know, we do, we do a lot of stuff with our women's team just to get people excited. Um, I, I think to start, they'll do some introductions of the players so you, you can kind of get a feel for our guys and who they are and some of the new guys uh, since we have so many new players. Um, we'll definitely do a three-point shootout. We'll definitely do a dunk contest. There's four of our guys in the three-point shootout and four females on the women's team. And then we have four guys in the dunk contest. And then a lot of it is just, you know, some, some games to get the students and the fans involved, to get them on the floor, um, give out some prizes, and just get people excited, um, you know, about the season and just introduce our, our new players. And um, I know it's, you know, it was kind of sleeting slash snowing today in Logan, and, and that kind of gives you the feel like, hey, basketball's right around the corner. So hopefully this will get our fans going and, you know, um, maybe get a little more interest and get our season tickets up and, just, you know, get that vibe rolling that, hey, basketball's right around the corner. So we're excited about it. Coach, final question for me. Uh, this dunk contest, of course, Justin Bean is going to – he's reentered himself into it as a defending champ. <laughs> what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts? Can he defend it, or is uh, – who's, uh, who's your best betting guy who's going to – He's going to give him a run for his money. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, if you watch us play, it doesn't look like we have a ton of guys that, are, that just jump out of the gym. Um, you know, we don't look like the most athletic team in the country or in our league, but the four guys that'll be in it, uh, Sean Barristow, he's for us. We talked about him. He's six, eight from Australia. He's got a 40 inch vertical. Um, he, he's a jumper. If you watch some of his high school film, um, it really stands out that he can get off the ground and, um, Leah McChesney, another freshman from Canada, six ten. Um, I will say this, if Liam can make his dunks, <laughs> Uh, he's got the best chance against against Bean, and then yeah. I believe our fourth guy. I don't know if it's confirmed yet. It, is Kuba the seven two kid from uh, Poland? They did just Black confirm that, South. by the way. Yeah, they've confirmed it. Okay, they confirmed that. So um, I don't know. You know, it's the guys don't really stick after practice in um, maybe perform their dunks <laughs> or kind of show off a little bit. Kind of, you know, like like they used to, or maybe I'm gone before they do that. But if I were to bet on somebody other than uh, Justin Bean, I'd go with Liam. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's going right. to be fun. It'll be good. Hey, some intrigue. Some creativity, too. And that, that's the part I'm still trying to figure out with some of these freshmen. Do they have some creativity? <laughs> uh, awesome. Hey, actually, no, I got one really quick. You talked about Justin Bean just a little bit. There's a really cool video of him changing his number oh, yeah, I saw that to today. 34 in honor of his dad. Can you talk about Justin Bean as not only a player on the court and the spark he brings, but a person off the court as well, and what attracts you guys as a coaching staff to him so much? Yeah, if you know Justin Bean or anybody around campus, know like he is one of the most popular guys on campus. Uh, by far, one of the nicest people and most down to earth people you will ever meet. Um, just from when I first got to campus, I mean, Justin came to my office and we probably talked for forty five minutes. I'm not sure basketball came up one time. 
Um, he's asked me about my family, about my background, you know, where I've been and just, I, I don't know. If you get to know Justin, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but just a really personable guy, um, a guy that draws people near to them, to him because of his infectious personality. Um, and you, like when you're around him, you understand why he's like that. He was raised the right way. You meet his parents, you completely understand that, but off the floor, uh, phenomenal person. When you, when you get Justin on the floor, um, like I told you guys before in the interview, uh, by far the most improved player from last year to this year. I mean, it's not even close. Um, you know, he was frustrating right away when we got him, just everything from offense to defense. But Justin put that time in, and Justin wanted to be a very good player. And by the end of the year, it was hard not to play him because of his work ethic, because of his toughness, uh, his energy on the floor. Like, he's always smiling. It just looks like he loves basketball and he's having a great time, and it's, it's like, how, how do you not play a guy like that? Um, you know, it's just it's contagious. His energy is contagious. So um, if you don't know Justin, if you saw him at Walmart or wherever and you stop and talk to him, it might be a 30-minute conversation because he's that good of a person. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for your time. You've been so generous with it. We greatly appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at 8-3 at the Wayne Estes Center and look forward to seeing this squad as they begin October 30th. Yeah, have fun tomorrow night, Coach. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. What a what a tremendous I mean, look, Eric Pearson's one of the nicest guys I've ever chatted with. I he really is. He's such a fun and uh and polite person to be around and um and he talks like that and he treats everybody the exact same. Uh that's a really, really fun interview to have. We greatly appreciate his uh, willingness to join with us. This team I'm drooling. Are you like when he's talking I know, about both the, of us are ah! like our eyes are like open, our mouths are dropped. <laughs> To the floor. Oh my goodness! Oh my, what? So the hype on this team is real. It's not. It's not just fluff, and people are trying to oversell some things. Um, this this is a good team with great players coming back. Some really interesting additions. The fact that he's got multiple. They've got multiple guys that can play multiple positions. Um, I mean, the, the these are going to be like mad scientists on the floor here, like. Okay, what new toys did we just get that we get oh, to play with? Gosh. I mean, Sean Barstow, Granted, he is a freshman, but he can play point guard, and he's six foot eight. Or they could slide him down, and he can play uh, in the post a little bit. So, uh, or or on the other side, Marco Anthony, who's six foot five, so he's built like a football player. So we they can play him positions one through four. Uh, this team this team got bigger. I don't know necessarily. Height doesn't also always translate to athletic. Yeah, and he kind of marked that point as well, but, especially offensively. But uh, but it still, it teams aren't going to be able to get to the hole easily on Utah State. So uh, it's a really really interesting roster that Utah State has. Um, I, I think for me the biggest question, I think maybe one of the things that was. A little inconsistent a year ago outside of Sam Merrill, who was really pretty consistent, was just outside shooting. And uh, how did how does this make up of this team this year? Uh, are they better at that? Are they more improved? Have they addressed that? Or have the guys that are coming back, they've been working on that, so they'll be more consistent? Um, so uh, I think it's a, a really fun roster that they've got with uh, a lot of guys coming back. And Namiya Shketa, still don't know his status, when he'll come back and he'll join the team. But they've got a lot of size around it, that position. 
um, that to, can fill it in. It's hard to replace a guy like Nimi the way he plays, but um, by sheer numbers and sheer volume, I think they'll be able to kind of replace what he was able to do for for a time. And I know I asked about the starting lineup. I mean, obviously, Sam Merrill is going to be in there. Justin Bean is capable of being there. Brock Miller is capable of being there. Abel Porter is capable of being there. Like, the options they have just for their starting lineup alone is just stupid. Like, it is unreal. It's almost sitting like, I mean, you're looking for cereal. You're just sitting at a grocery store and you get to have any cereal you want. Any flavor. And I mean, and that's what this team is going to be. Different flavors are going to give you different looks. We're going to give you different problems. Do you sometimes combine cereals? I did that once. What was it? I did that this morning, actually. Was it, it was good. What did you do? It was good. Uh, it was checks with Golden Grams. Mm, no. It was good. No. It actually worked out. I mean, if you do honeycomb and Golden Grams, I can see where you're going. I what was it honey nut Cheerios? Sometimes I'll do honey nut Cheerios and like chocolate checks. That's that's a winner, right? What did I? Do? I can't remember what I did, but yeah, I, I, like that I, I used to combine all the time. My mom would just get peeved, crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're wasting our cereal. No, no, actually, I'm not. I'm eating it all, so I'm not wasting anything. I'm actually doing everybody a favor here. Uh, no, but yeah, again, this team is just so loaded and they're so stacked. Eric, October 30th cannot come soon enough. I'm ready. Let's play. Just get me a squad, two zebras, everybody else meet at the Spectrum. Let's freaking go. Spectrum Magic is... Oh, it's back. It's back. Coach Smith. Uh, I mean, they worked on it all year. It's yep. it, As more and more games happened, more and more people caught on and realized what was happening. Uh, and you were not disappointed if you went to a home game last year. And this is going to be a really tough team. Um, and I think it's going to be still a, a, a good home schedule. And uh, it's sometimes well, there's been years past where maybe you would go just to see if there was a really good opponent coming in. Yeah. But uh, in the glory days, Stu Morrill time, you'd go. Didn't matter who they were playing. Well, and that's what they're. Getting it was at to entertainment. Now. Two years. It was great foot basketball on the court. Two years ago, the only reason why people wanted to go to games is because they're getting a free burrito, right, or a free sandwich. Last year, it was like, no, we have to go. Nevada is here. We are going. San Diego State is here. We can't miss the game. And and it's credit to the marketing team. I'm going to be flat out honest. Credit to Tyler Knowles to, and to that marketing team. Credit to, to Casey Smitherway and the whole crew of doing a great job of helping students understand what Coach Smith is bringing back. Well, And, okay. and the great thing is Coach Smith yeah. didn't make a liar out of him. No, and that's that's what I wanted to highlight is that really okay that that is nice what they do. I think it plays a very important role, but it was what that coaching staff was doing with the players they had, and uh, they just they had a great hard nosed brand of basketball, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and a lot of those guys are coming back, and they reloaded with I would say even better talent at uh, with some after some of the guys that left or graduated. So uh, it's going to be a very special season for Utah State men's basketball. And so for me, it's go to the game, not because, oh, it's San Diego State or it's Nevada or it's New Mexico and they're good teams in conference. It's, it's another Utah State home game. Yeah. I want to go see this team. Uh, what do you think those conversations were like with some of the high-powered college basketball teams and them saying, oh, hey, we'd love to come play you. Yeah, Utah State, right? Yeah, yeah, that's us. Click. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine them just trying. I mean, he, as he said, he, they call everyone in the country. And I don't know if that, I mean, if that includes Duke, Kansas, I mean, Kentucky, all the Blue Bloods or anything like that. But, I mean, they must have called some pretty high up 
if you call high-ranking teams in college basketball, and for those teams to turn the Aggies down, that is a compliment. Let me make that clear. That is a compliment to this upcoming men's basketball team because you don't want to get beat by Utah State. You know, it was a it was a problem that we would hear from Stu Morrill, though. I think there was always a suspicion. Yeah. How hard did he, he really try? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm and with you. he had certain limits, like. I will only schedule you if you come to my place and some places wouldn't play that. And so he, that conversation didn't go very far anyway, but it, it was a, it's been a problem before people know Utah state is a, is a good program. And, uh, that that's, that's why these tough opponents that Utah state is going to be facing. They're on neutral sites or they're in tournaments. Um, and, but credit to that, that coaching staff for still, Grinding and still wearing out the the buttons on their phones, yeah, trying to make uh, something work because it is a it, this is I would dare say the best basketball non conference schedule um, that Utah State's had. Lots of opportunities for quadrant one games here with several teams projected in the top twenty five. Several. Can I get a wiki wiki wiki? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. Yes, that. All right. All right. Well, coming back here, don't forget, we also have our movie quiz we got to do later on today. Uh, we'll get into more some more baseball talk. Eric, I read the projections for USU football. Bowl projections are already nearly halfway through the season. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, Cardinals-Braves game was canceled after the second <laughs> inning. Uh, finals 13-1 to Cardinals. They are, it's they because somebody ex- died. Yes. And you know what? The fact that you didn't let me stay home is I, I should file a lawsuit to not be able to have the day off and be able to after that first mourn inning, the yeah mourn the I was funeral. worried about you after that first inning. I'll be worried honest. about me. Worried, Eric? I've been an absolute mess. You don't understand what it's been. I thought, I've been, I thought I've been I might getting have texts to, from people. I'm playing girl music on our station. <laughs> I and thought that, I might have to have Rod come over and give you mouth that, to mouth. Hey, I'm a Cardinals fan, and it's good to see you guys get your butts handed. To, it's just you know what. Let's go to break. <laughs> You're uh, listening to the Full Court Press. You need uh, a hug. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Derek Franson, it's RJ Salveson, halfway through the week, October 9th. It is 5.38 p.m. Is your time right now. Big, big thanks Ajay. to uh, Eric Pearson for joining us. Are you rolling? Yeah. Yeah, I you just screwed up rolling. this time. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, you know what? You can give me all the grief you want. You weren't rolling on an interview we needed to post. So say whatever you One want. One time, okay? You screwed it up. One time. <laughs> Got to make sure. That was really good. So yeah. I want to make sure we're rolling on it because I know I need to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I want to go and, and listen to that. If you caught some of it, you want to listen to all of it. Get spicy. Yes. Check back later tonight. It'll be on there later tonight on 1069thefan.com on our podcast section, or if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll show up right there anyway. Uh, don't forget, Aggie Manus tomorrow night. Wayne Estes Center, 8.30 p.m. There will be all sorts of activities, festivities, students both and Both men's fans and women's. Be, yep. will be both uh, in competitions between those two, and festivities and activities where they'll involve the fans and students, and free pizza for the students. So, mm, there you go. Free pizza. Show up. Uh, again, 8.30 tomorrow night, Wayne Estes Center. Eric, uh, really quickly, I want to just take your quick thoughts. What stood out to you in that interview, what Coach is talking about? Height. 
depth, versatility. Uh, that's what stood out to me. This team has, I mean, Abel Porter is the shortest guy on the team. He's six foot three. And the next closest, a couple of guys were six foot five. So they'll have big lineups out there. Um, they, they've got guys that can play multiple positions. Uh, a lot of height, which will make this team an even more difficult team to score on in the post. So defensively, they're going to be as good, if not better, than they were a year ago, I think. Offensively, they've got some interesting versatility there that could run a lot of different guys at you at different times. Because there were some times, honestly, the team offense kind of struggled and stagnated. Had it not been for Sam Merrill that could has that ability to take over a game, then there would have been some games that they would have lost. Several games they would have lost. I don't know yet who those other guys are. we got to see them play. But I think this team collectively, just with the maturity coming back and the extra experience and extra opportunities to work with this coaching staff, have multiple guys that can chip in and contribute and uh, help this team keep moving forward. So it, really exciting to see this team. Uh, and for me, is, is how, I mean, he talked about, look, they're planning for me to be there, but they're also planning for him not to be there. I mean, they're going both ways with this just in case to be prepared. Who takes over the spot for Namias while he's out? Oh, that I think is one of the biggest questions. And replace isn't the good word. Like, try no, to but fill who fills the gap? Right, who fills the gap? And I, I think it'll be by committee, honestly. It's going to have to be. Uh, I think it'll be because it's hard to replace him, just one person. Um, you know, is it Clay Stahl because he's been in the program for a little bit longer? He's got more experience. Uh, though he's had some injuries and, and a little bit limited. Uh, is it going to be some of the new guys? Uh, Liam McChesney? Will it be uh, Trevin Dorius? Will it be Kuba? So I don't know. It, it could be a variety of those guys that get those opportunities uh, to kind of fill that fill that gap. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's just the amount of weapons they have to put on a court against any team is just incredible. It's it's amazing. Uh, don't forget Utah Jazz are uh, at Milwaukee, 6 p.m. start tonight. Uh, you will not find that game here on the station. All preseason games will not be aired, but starting regular season, we'll have them here on this very station. If Skyview basketball does interfere, um, Skyview will take priority over those Utah Jazz games. But again, uh, Utah Jazz at Milwaukee tonight. Mitchell, Bajanovic, Ingles, Gobert, all scheduled to go as well as Conley. Um, Exum and Moutier are out for tonight. So, I- And then we talked about this a little bit earlier this week as well. The other things that you can hear here on the fan now, uh, NFL games are coming up. Yep. College got- football games. And we got to choose the games, which was actually really cool. Like what games will air. And we feel like we chose the best games for you. For example, this weekend, you get to hear Watson versus Mahomes tonight or on Sunday night, which will be really cool to be able to listen to. So again, that's all coming up. Uh, we can't wait. To be able to drive, you know, and be in the car and be able to listen to a game. Because, I'll be honest, the weekend programming of talk hasn't been that strong. It's not the full court press. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. No, I mean, they try, but... <laughs> so, uh, what we what a lot of people want to hear are live, these live games as they're happening, not people talking about it. So, yeah, uh, we got that coming up on Sunday, and uh, we'll have some college games on Saturday, too. We'll, we'll announce those as they get closer to when we know that lineup. Wad, uh, 
Washington and Dodgers tonight at 637 in a winner-take-all game. Another winner-take-all game will be tomorrow with the Rays at the Astros. Wow, how about the Rays, man? Yeah, I was going to say, what? give me your thoughts on this. Does the Rays actually have a legit shot at winning this thing now? Uh, that's really interesting. You this took is out Garrett well, Cole and Justin Verlander. Can well-rounded you- team that just doesn't say die and is not intimidated. Hand it to the Rays. Um, okay, so who has more pressure on them, the Astros or the Dodgers? I'd say the Astros. It used to be the Dodgers, and now it's yeah. Look, the Rays are just going into Houston like we're free. I mean, just let it all loose, you know. Swing for the fence, make the plays. We'll trade. We'll give it what we got. But I mean, we are in a winner take all game five to go to the ALCS against the best team in the MLB. Let's just see what we got. I mean, I, I, I I'm telling you. There is no pressure on Tampa Bay at all whatsoever because they've already took out Garrett Cole and they've already took out Justin Verlander. Next. I Meanwhile, mean, the Yankees are just... Oh, just... Yeah, if, if anybody on a recliner, from this, it's the Yankees. Hands behind their head, just, just chilling out. Yeah, they're just... They're going to sit back, eat a pizza tomorrow night, and enjoy the game and just say, well, we'll take whoever. We don't, we'll take the uh, scraps and pick them up from there. I mean, that's... Cracking I, open an apple beer. <laughs> You just had to, hadn't you? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Dodgers Nationals tonight. Quick thoughts on that game, Eric. What do you think there? Uh, it's going to be Rich Bueller versus Steven Strasburg. Well, Strasburg's be been a beast. Yeah. Uh, he's on a little bit short rest, though. So um, this, is, I think, is interesting. Outside of that, what happened last night, I would have said that the Dodgers had the most pressure on them uh, coming into this game five. But um, I don't know. Uh, I think that... The Dodgers certainly have a lot of experience on their team in the postseason, but they were supposed to dispatch the Nationals earlier this week. They're, they're, they shouldn't have been a, gone to yeah. a game five. Yeah. But um, they're really, the Nationals uh, have proven to be uh, doing enough to get their wins and, and hang around. They've had some good, solid pitching. Uh, the Dodgers are so good offensively, though. And uh, so that'll be the big question. How much stuff will Steven Strasburg have? How deep will he be able to go before the Dodgers start to rough him up? Well, and that bullpen's well-rested, as you know, too. Don't forget that. And that bullpen wasn't used much because of Scherzer doing his job. So uh, they might be all right bullpen-wise. How, That's I mean, a good point. But again, I mean, how early will they their be? Their aces have been able to be and stay in there for long stretches. Hey, quick correction. Thanks to Nate Shorts on this uh, notification here. Uh, Jazz starters tonight. Will be Conley, Mitchell, Bojanovic, Green, and Davis, which means Ingles and Gobert are out tonight. That is a late, late scratch for Gobert and Ingles because as of 4 p.m. Mountain Time, they were good to go. So again, Conley, Mitchell, Bojanovic, Green, and Davis are playing. Gobert needs rest from training camp, I guess, and Ingles needs rest from playing against the 36ers. It's load management, AJ. It's load management. We're going the pop. Yeah, Tony way. Jones just tweeted this out within the last couple of minutes. Yeah, Connolly, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Green, and Davis. Which I think will be interesting to see the combination of Jeff Green and Ed Davis uh, kind of manning the post. And against a, a lengthy team like the Bucks. I think that'll actually be quite intriguing. Now wait, Exum's out with an injury? Yes. Exum is still recovering from his injury. And so he's out. He's making progress. No, he's, he's making not. progress. Yeah, he's making progress. We can skip game. Like we're paying that kid how much to sit the bench? Hey, Ajay, uh, we've talked about the other games in Major League Baseball. There's a game tonight. There's a game tomorrow. There's a game going on right now. 
Uh, so moving on here, we are going to get on to the uh, full court press. I, I didn't hear you. Uh, <laughs> we, we got a movie quiz. That's coming up right now here on the full court press. Cardinals 13, Braves 1. This is Clay Stahl from Utah State Men's Basketball, and you guys are listening to the Full Court Press with Ajay Salveson and Eric Franson. Thank you, Clay Stahl, for the introduction. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, 106.9 The Fan, 1390 AM, Full Court Press. We wrap up another show halfway through the week. Don't forget, you can see Clay Stahl in action tomorrow night on Aggie Madness. Both USU women's and men's basketball teams will take place in festivities, activities, competitions, including a three-point shootout and a men's dunk contest. As the returning champ, Justin Bean, will come back and try to defend his title. Can't wait for that. I'm really excited about that. I'm so excited to go tomorrow night. We'll have audio, by the way, post-activity audio, post-madness post audio. Post-madness, yep. sure. Uh, and we'll get that back to you guys and uh, play that Friday so you can hear everything and tell from coaches and players alike. All right, Eric, it's that time of the... Day, your favorite time of the year. Um, <laughs> favorite time of the year? Yes. It's Christmas? Ready. It is the one. Hold on. I have this. There it is. Yes. Hit it. And now, <laughs> your feature presentation. Sorry, Ajay Salveson. Playing the role of? Who is he playing the role of? That mm. is the question. All right, Eric, you ready? <clears throat> You're going to get this one. This one's super easy. This will be no problem at all, at all whatsoever. You'll get this in a heartbeat. Guarantee it. Listen, man. I've been in this game a long time. I'm not in it for the record. I'll tell you that. I'm not in it for a ring. That's when people get hurt. If we don't win the last game of the series, they'll dismiss us. I know these guys. I know the way they think. And they will erase us. And everything we've done here, none of it will matter. Any other team wins the World Series, good for them. They're drinking champagne. They'll get a ring. But if we win with this team, we'll change the game. And that's what I want. I want it to mean something. Wow. Okay, it's definitely Major League Baseball related. Hmm. You know this one. Wow. Okay, uh, we better hear the audio on this. Oh, I'm taking the lifeline. And what's the point? We just got the record. <laughs> Man, I've been doing this for... Listen, man. I've been in this game a long time. I'm not in it for a record. I'll tell you that. I'm not in it for a ring. It's when people get hurt. If we don't win the last game of the series... 
they'll dismiss us. Bill. I know these guys, I know the way they think, and they will erase us. And everything we've done here, none of it will matter. Any other team wins the World Series, good for them. They're drinking champagne, they get a ring. But if we win, on our budget with this team, we'll change the game. And that's what I want. I want it to mean something. That definitely sounds like Brad Pitt. My man. So that's got to be Moneyball. It is. It's Moneyball. The great uh, story, uh, the true story of the 2002 Oakland A's who won 21 in a row on a science experiment, which was then taken from the A's, used on the Red Sox, and then won a World Series. Ow. That hurts. (laughs) Billy Bean, uh, and this is true, said no to a contract, which would have made him the richest GM in baseball history. Said no because he wanted to stay loyal to the A's. He hasn't won a playoff game since. They still suck. Red Sox, you already know what that story is. That's a good movie. I I have to be honest. I've I saw parts of the movie and then I've slept through the rest. Oh. I need to go back and watch that oh, movie. Oh, Eric! I know. Shame on you. I know. That's why some some parts of it are a little unfamiliar to me. By the way, do you want to know what's really ironic about that? Is that the uh, A's lost to the Rays. The Rays have the lowest budget in baseball this year. Well, they're look they're hitting above their uh, their weight class right now. So good for them. Rays Astros tomorrow night. We'll talk to you then. No word in English.